Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here. On a Friday, we are presented today by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Hope everybody's doing well. Had a good, productive week. I'm staring outside at a 70-degree day, so... Sorry if I go a little short on this podcast, but getting ready to enjoy this Denver weekend. Not many better places to be in the summer than Denver, Colorado. I'm a little partial, but that's how I feel personally. I've got a few questions to get to on today's show. Got a couple calls on the Total Beverage fan hotline to get to. One coming all the way from Bangkok, Thailand, rivaling, I think, our Stockholm call from my buddy Boyan as the furthest away call that we've gotten on the podcast. I think Bangkok's a little further away than Stockholm. Might be forgetting an international caller or two, but you guys are all over the globe. So love hearing from you really, no matter where you are. It's so cool that so many of you guys across the world connect with this podcast and use it to follow along for Nuggets coverage, both during the season and throughout the summer. So I'll get to those in a second. Also got some questions through email that I want to hit on as well that covers a couple different topics. And then I'll also go over a few highlights from the mailbag I just posted on bsndenver.com Friday morning, Friday afternoon. Asked you guys for questions on Twitter over the last couple days. You guys really came through with a bunch of different topics. So I got questions on, of course, free agency, a couple topics that I'll hit on with uh, the listener questions as well. Roster building for next year, internal, external growth, Dragon Bender, got a question on him, if Denver should look at him as a buy-low candidate, if there's going to be a G League team next season, and some other topics too, if the Nuggets should get in on the Rockets fire sale and, and whatnot. So I'll hit on a few highlights from that mailbag as well. If you want to read it in full, it's on bsndenver.com. If you're not a subscriber, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. It costs a cup of coffee per month to subscribe for great Nuggets coverage, Avalanche, Broncos, and Rockies as well. Let's get into it with this first question. Again, if you guys do have questions for the show and don't want to call the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, hit me up by email, wind at bsndenver.com. This question comes from Scott. I listen to many podcasts, but yours is my favorite. Oh, thanks, Scott. I'm one of those old-time fans who listened as a kid to the oldest Alberts brothers who called the games on KOA. All you could hear is squeak, squeak basket, not to mention Doug Mo cussing up a storm on the bench. At first, they covered over those cuss words, but after a while, no one cared. This offseason idea, 
Decline Millsap and resign to a three-year, $24 million contract. Sign Seth Curry to a two-year, $8 million deal, giving him a substantial boost. Trade Mason Plumlee to the Clippers for Daniil Gallinari, both on the final years of their deals. Then you have the best player for MPJ to play somewhat like while having someone to play the three. I've said on this podcast before, I think if Michael Porter Jr. has a career like Daniil Gallinari and plays like Daniil Gallinari, the Nuggets will be very excited. Sign JaVale McGee for an inside presence on a two-year deal with the young Thomas Welsh forming into a quality center for years down the road. Sign Murray to $18 million per year in Beasley the year after while they let go of Barton next offseason if he doesn't do anything. Barton is only a two and nothing else unless he is a small three for times on the court. Thanks, Scott, for the kind words and the email. I love those stories about old Nuggets lore and Doug Moe as well. He seems like he was quite a character. Would have been an amazing character to cover back in the day, of course. Uh, Seems like he'd be a, a really cool coach to watch. Coach the Nuggets as well. Just so much personality there. I met Doug Moe for a second in San Antonio. During that first round playoff series, he was there. He lives in San Antonio as well. So a cool moment there. A lot of interesting points there, Scott, I thought. Off-season ideas decline Millsap and resign him to a three-year $24 million deal. If Denver could only pay Paul Millsap only $8 million a year, I think they take that in a heartbeat. For three years, maybe that's doable. if If you decline this deal, but... The thing I think Denver and Millsap would both think about if you were to decline this option is you've probably got to get him back that $30 million at least, right? You've got to put together a two-year deal or a three-year deal that eventually pays him that 30 if you're declining that team option that would pay him $30 million next year. So maybe that's a three-year deal for $30 million, not too far off your figure of $24 million. So instead of $8 bucks a year, it's $10 million a year. I still think that would be a nice contract for Millsap, three for 30, or maybe two for 15, if you don't want to commit that third year to him. Sign Seth Curry to a two-year $8 million deal. Seth Curry would be a great fit on the Nuggets. I feel like he's who they need, a spot-up shooter. But the only problem is he kind of plays the wrong position, right? He's a point guard or he's an off guard. At the very best, you can't really play him at the three. Denver seems like they're too deep at both the point guard and the shooting guard positions. And I don't think you're going to be sacrificing Monte Morris or Malik Beasley's minutes that much to give Seth Curry. And he'd be going from a role in Portland to a bit of a smaller role in Denver. I don't know if he'd be a big fan of that. I think he'd want some more minutes than that. I could see him returning to Portland or going to the Lakers, actually. There have been some rumblings about that. So I like Seth Curry on the Nuggets. I like him as a player. I don't know if I see the fit there, though. Trade Mason Plumlee to the Clippers for Gallo. That would be a hell of a reunion, huh? Danilo Gallinari back in Denver alongside Nikola Jokic. What do the Nuggets then do at backup center, though? you got to wonder because you, I don't think you can roll into a season with... Jared Vanderbilt as your third big. I'm very high on Vanderbilt, and I wrote about him a bit in the mailbag up on bsindenver.com about how he compares a little bit to Pascal Siakam, the hero of Toronto's Game 1 victory on Thursday. But I don't think you want to go into next season a pivotal one with him as your third big. So 
Plumlee's important to this team, even though he had a rocky showing in the playoffs. He was nails throughout the regular season, one of the best backup centers, maybe the best backup center in the league. So I don't think Denver's really in a hurry to get rid of him. On the Thomas Welsh front, you mentioned him there a bit, Scott. I would not be surprised if in a year or two we're looking at Thomas Welsh as a 10 to 15 minute backup big on this team or on one team throughout the league. This guy is skilled. Watching him after practice in those three on three games that he's playing against, you know, the end of Denver's bench and a couple of player development guys, Porter's out there in those games, Vanderbilt's out there in those games, Brandon Goodwin, who I think is a player as well. Welsh is, he's got some skills. Incredible shooter. He can shoot the rubber off the ball. We knew that, but it seems like he's getting more comfortable as a playmaker, as a passer. I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing a role for the Nuggets or a team down the line. I like what you said about Murray and Beasley here because it might be a really tough call that Denver has to make down the line. You ink Murray to this extension, which I think Denver really hopes to do here soon. $18 million a year for Murray. That'd be great. Uh, I wonder if he was gonna if he's gonna want more than that. If he's gonna want something approaching the twenty million dollar range for you know a four year hundred million dollar contract. If you could get him on eighteen million bucks a year, that's great. And then you've got Beasley. Beasley is tough because this is just me speculating here. If I'm Malik Beasley, I look at the situation in Denver and I say, okay, I'm not gonna be starting at shooting guard here. If Gary Harris is in a Nuggets uniform long term, which it seems like he probably will be, and I'm not really a natural three, I'm more of a natural two. If I'm Malik Beasley and I place a premium on starting and getting as much playing time as possible, I don't know if I see that path to a starting shooting guard spot in Denver. I could start the three, you know, if I want, I'd be a little undersized there, but no, if I'm Malik Beasley, I've had a lot of success here. I'm probably headed for a 20 to 25 minute per game roll off the bench. If I want to play 30 to 35 minutes, which he could probably do for a number of teams in this league right now, that seems like it's going to be tough to do in Denver unless he's really playing a lot of minutes at the three, which he did last year at times. So maybe Denver gets a deal done with him. Maybe that one lingers a bit longer than a potential Jamal Murray extension. We shall see. And on the Will Barton front, Scott mentioned him there. I'm buying all the Will Barton stock right now. I'm just letting you guys know. If you got Will Barton stock that you're willing to sell to me, I'd gladly buy it. I think I'll have a bounce back year next season. Thanks, Scott, for the question. I want to go to one more question I got through email. This one comes to Evan from Castle Rock, of course. He says, hey, Harrison, it's Evan, a.k.a. Ranch Man from Castle Rock. I want to talk about the comment made by Josh Kroenke on Altitude Radio on May 20th, in which he discussed the opportunities that might be afforded to a free agent that would arise from there holding a roster spot on one of Kroenke's sports teams. It was a very interesting comment. I agree. I'm under the impression that Stan and Ann Kroenke, through their various companies, own quite a few sports and entertainment-related enterprises, perhaps more than anyone else. I interpret this to be a pitch along the lines of, if you become a player on the Nuggets, we will make you available to a discreet opportunity to invest in non-public market offerings, which you and your financial advisor may find of interest. I don't know how the league views such matters or if they have rules governing against such matters. On the surface, I wonder if this constitutes a financial inducement in excess of that permitted in the 
CBA. My question is, what exactly is Josh Kroenke able to offer free agents that is within the rules of the league and can give him a competitive advantage in recruiting free agents? Thanks, Evan, for the question. As always, I don't know if I'd phrase it as you did there, like a pitch along the lines of if you become a player on the Nuggets, we'll make you available to a discreet opportunity to invest in non-public market offerings, which you and your financial advisor may find of interest. That seems like some Mikhail Prokhorov, Brooklyn Nets type shenanigans. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far, but here's the point that I think Josh Kroenke was making and the point that Tim Connolly made at his exit interview following the season that he had a week after the Nuggets playoff loss to Portland. And I wrote about this on bsendeavor.com as well. Conley didn't offer any specifics, really. He wasn't really pressed on the issue. It was the last question of the press conference. But he pretty much said that our ownership group, Stan and Josh Kroenke, we can offer a lot to free agents off the court. A lot of free agents say winning is the only thing that matters to me. I want championships. I want rings. I want my legacy to be about winning. Hey, we all know that's not always true. We know there's a lot more that goes into where these free agents decide to play. And the message that the Nuggets have been putting out there, not so quietly, is that with our ownership group and in this city of Denver, you can sign with the Nuggets and really craft your off-the-court brand just as much as you can if you were to sign in some of these other big markets like LA, New York, etc. And you look at Denver... The city here, it's buzzing right now. It's obviously not New York or LA or the Bay Area, but Denver is in its own little mini tech boom right now. And there are a lot of opportunities here with Fortune 500 companies and investment opportunities and whatnot. You couldn't go a week during the regular season without hearing about which company Kevin Durant just invested in or which meetings Andre Iguodal was taking with Silicon Valley executives in the Bay. And so I think there's a little of that in Denver too. Obviously not to that scale, but the tech community in Denver is alive and well. I was in that world before I got into media. Secondly, the part that has to do with ownership, the Cronkies own teams in a number of different sports leagues from the English Premier League in England with Arsenal to the NFL, with the Rams, to hockey and the Avalanche, to the MLS, and the Colorado Rapids here in Denver. They also have multiple television networks, Altitude Sports and Entertainment being one of them. So I don't think this is a scenario where you say, hey, Kawhi Leonard, if you sign with the Nuggets, we'll give you a 1% stake in Arsenal. It's not that, okay? But I think it's saying something like, If you want to get involved in the English Premier League, if you want to get involved in the business of the NFL, if you want to be on TV, if you want to venture into the entertainment world, our ownership group has the resources and knows the contacts in those industries to get you in front of the right people if those are the conversations and that's the path you want to go with your off-the-court brand. I think that's what the organization is saying here. We have the connections We have the right people in the right places to get you the meetings, to get you the exposure in these different sports leagues, in these different entertainment circles that you might want to get if that's the path you want to go. That's all I think the Nuggets are saying. And I think they're valid 
in that argument as well. A counter to that would be, yes, a lot of ownership groups are very powerful and a lot of ownership groups can get you in front of the right people in terms of sports, in terms of entertainment. So this isn't something that only the Nuggets have, but I think what the franchise is saying here is that we have these resources too and our ownership group has obviously built up a very deep portfolio of sports holdings and entertainment ventures that free agents can take advantage of if they want. And that portfolio stacks up really well to what other ownership groups have. I think that's all the Nuggets are saying there. So I think it's a valid point. And will they be able to take advantage of it this summer? Who knows? I kind of think the free agent class next summer, the summer of 2020, might be there might be a better chance of Denver hitting it with one of those guys than there is this summer. It will still be a strong class next summer, too. I'm sure a bunch of these guys will take one-year deals. Giannis is up in three years as well. That's a little bit down the line, but if I'm Denver, I'm putting my pieces in place to attract him in three years. Right now at BSN Denver, this is for all you guys who haven't subscribed yet, but we're offering a free t-shirt with all annual subscriptions every time. So with this deal, the annual pass only ends up costing you $3.33 a month with that free t-shirt. We've got a lot of awesome t-shirts on the BSN Denver locker right now. A couple really cool nugget shirts. More coming there as well. Rockies, Broncos, Avalanche. I don't know if you guys see on social media, but the entire Rockies clubhouse is wearing our Philip Lindsay t-shirt right now, our homegrown t-shirt. That's been an absolute hit. So you can get a t-shirt with an annual pass, and that annual pass only ends up costing you $3.33 per month with that shirt. A lot of great content, of course, that you also get access to. This mailbag that I've got on bsendenver.com right now covering a wide range of subjects on this Nuggets offseason and looking ahead to next year. We'll have a lot of great content next week, too. I know I was teasing a feature that kind of ventures outside the realms of basketball. That got pushed back until next week. So look for that next week. I think you guys will really enjoy that. And you can also download our BSN Denver mobile app, available on iPhone and Android. Really easy and convenient way to stay up to date on all our news and content coming off of bsndenver.com. Before we move on here, a quick word from StravaCraft Coffee, a game-changing coffee. StravaCraft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check these guys out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped to decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We cannot recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. What I want to do now is, before I get to a couple questions from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, including one from Bangkok, I want to go over some highlights from this mailbag I posted on bsndenver.com today. Kind of a all-encompassing mailbag, hit on a bunch of different topics from free agency to summer league to a G League team next year, maybe. Who would be a more attractive free agent? Who would be a better fit in Denver, Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard? So I hit on a bunch of different topics here, some summer league hype as well. But this was a thought I had watching game one last night. And of course, the story of game one, that Raptors win was 
Pascal Siakam going for 32 points on a near-perfect 14-17 shooting. Eight rebounds and five assists. Toronto beat Golden State 118-109. He's got an incredible story. I don't know if you guys are aware of Pascal Siakam's story. He came from Cameroon. He only started playing basketball seven years ago at the age of 18. And since Toronto drafted him, this had only been his third season in the league. He went from G-leaguer to a key reserve off Toronto's bench. And now he's obviously a fixture in their starting lineup. And in my opinion, probably their second best player and second most important player and a guy who could really help decide if the Raptors are going to be able to win their first NBA championship this season and get past the Warriors. But he's really had a meteoric rise. And going from his rookie year, played 15 and a half minutes per game, started a handful of games, but you know played in 55 games, didn't even average 20 minutes a game, 4.2 points, 3.4 rebounds a game. Last year, came off the bench in all but five games, averaged 21 points per game, seven points, four and a half rebounds. And this year, he obviously took off. And you can really give a lot of Toronto success this year and credit that to Kawhi Leonard, obviously, because Kawhi Leonard, a premier player in this game, a top three player in the league right now at this current moment, I believe. But Siakam really came out of nowhere this year, became their starting power forward, started 79 of the 80 games he played in this year, and he was a beast. Probably going to win most improved player, averaged 17 points, seven rebounds a game, Shot at 55% from the field, 37% from three. Seems like he's going to be a capable three-point shooter going forward, more than capable. 3.1 assists. He's a playmaker. He can get out in the open floor. Very similar to how I think Jared Vanderbilt could turn out, maybe, a couple years down the line. Similar skill sets there. Vanderbilt actually might even be more of a natural playmaker. But anyways, I think my point here is that Toronto obviously went outside the organization to improve. Going to get Kawhi Leonard, going out on a limb, just giving up DeMar DeRozan and saying, all right, we're going to give up DeRozan, a guy who's been a staple in Toronto for all these years. We're going to get Leonard, make a run at the title this year. If he leaves, fine. We can rebuild around Siakam. We can get a couple high draft picks probably. We'll just build this thing from the ground up. If he stays, awesome. It's an investment that was well worth making. But Toronto also banked on some growth internally from Siakam, and few saw him getting to this level of play where he's at right now. But I thought it's interesting to look at that from a Nuggets perspective, because while I don't think they're going to be able to get Kawhi Leonard, maybe they'll be able to get a Pascal Siakam-like jump from somebody on their roster. Maybe that's Malik Beasley. Maybe Malik Beasley has a Pascal Siakam-like jump next year that Siakam had this season. I think he'd be the prime candidate for that. Maybe that's a guy like Monte Morris. I don't know. But Beasley, who's kind of on a similar career path that Siakam is, still is a lot younger. Well, Siakam's already 25. Beasley is 22. But maybe Denver gets something like that from somebody from within. I think that's what the Nuggets think can happen because I got a lot of questions when I was doing this mailbag about can Denver continue to grow organically and internally? And I think they can. I think you can play the what-if game, and it's a dangerous game to play, but you can play it with this team. What if they didn't have the injuries they had this season? Would they have more of a rhythm heading into the playoffs on the offensive end of the floor, that offensive rhythm that they really just 
never really found this year, I don't think. They posted good offensive numbers, but they weren't as potent on the offensive end of the floor this year as they could have been. Maybe if they had more lineup consistency, they would have been more consistent on that end of the floor in the playoffs. How does Jamal Murray look after getting his feet wet in the playoffs? How do Monte Morris and Malik Beasley take the struggles that they had at times in the playoffs and really build on that and come back in the postseason next year and just look more comfortable? So I think what I gather from the Nuggets is that they still think they can grow internally and organically. And as Michael Malone said at his exit interview, it's really easy to go out there and say we need player X. Maybe that player X can be somebody from within. So I really do think the Nuggets think they can grow this thing internally still. And maybe that's them preparing us for a quiet free agency, which I think will be the case for Denver. Maybe it's not. Uh, but the sense I get is that the Nuggets still think they can really grow from within. I got a lot of questions about that uh, on this mailbag, and so I wanted to hit on that uh, right at the top. Somebody asked me how hyped I am for the Vlaco Chanchar versus Zion Williamson Summer League opener. I'm very hyped, although more people would describe it as the Michael Porter Jr. versus Zion Williamson Summer League opener, which from everything I heard, is going to be that primetime game on Friday night at Thomas and Mack Center, the Pelicans against the Nuggets. Here's a quick story. In 2017, I went to Summer League for the first time. The primetime Friday night opener that night was Lakers-Celtics, Lonzo Ball in his Laker debut against Jason Tatum in his Celtics debut. And if you guys have never been to Summer League before, first off, I recommend you going. Secondly, it's 80 to 90% Laker fans. Summer League tickets are cheap. Laker fans drive up from LA. It's not that far of a drive from LA to Vegas, and they watch the Lakers play every July. And the scene outside Thomas and Max Center before this game was incredible. It was like an NBA Finals game. I think tickets for Summer League you can get in for the whole day and watch all the games for like 30 bucks. You can watch like a total of eight games for 30 bucks. Tickets were being scalped for this game for around 200 bucks outside when I was walking up. Inside, they had to open up the upper level to Thomas and Mack Center, which they never do, but it was absolutely packed for this meaningless summer league game. LeBron was there. Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka, everybody was there. Floyd Mayweather was courtside. I remember Isaiah Thomas was there. This was at the height of the LeVar Ball era, if you want to call it that. It was crazy. So I don't know if there will be that amount of people for Michael Porter Jr. Zion Williamson at Summer League this time around, but the hype will probably exceed that Lonzo-Jason Tatum matchup because it was more about just the crowd there and the Laker presence there. Zion Williamson versus Michael Porter Jr. is probably just worthy of more hype than Lonzo and Jason Tatum was two years ago now. So very excited for it. And Vlaco Chanchar should be a nice sideshow as well. Jared Vanderbilt will be on that team too. Very talented summer league roster. I think I said this on Wednesday show, but I expect Chanchar to be on the Nuggets roster next season. Got a couple other questions here that I want to highlight real quick. Realistic free agent targets. I know I've talked about the top tier free agents because... It's fun to talk about the prospects of Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard in a Nuggets uniform next year. 
I also touched on this as well, but I think Durant's a better fit for the Nuggets than Leonard. But I got a question about realistic targets in free agency. Here's a couple names I rattled off. Trevor Ariza, Rudy Gay, Wes Matthews, Jared Dudley, Garrett Temple. Those names probably aren't going to make you want to call up the Nuggets and sign up for season tickets right now. But that's who came to mind when I was asked for realistic free agent targets. That's about how active I think the Nuggets will be in free agency. That's the type of player I think you can expect to join this roster next season, besides who else is already in Denver. Also got a question about will the Nuggets have a G League team next season? Denver is just one of two teams with Portland who does not have a direct G League affiliate. I don't think it will happen. From what I've heard as recently as this week, doesn't seem terribly likely. Things can change quickly, though. The Nuggets, I think, were closer a couple years ago to having a G League team in Las Vegas than they are to having one right now. But if you want to check out that mailbag in full, bsendenver.com backslash nuggets. If you're not a subscriber, bsendenver.com backslash subscribe. A lot of good stuff in there that I didn't get to right now. Let's hit a break real quick. I want to get to a couple questions from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We'll get to those on the other side of this. We'll be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. As always, we're presented by The Green Solution. If you visit mygreensolution.com and use promo code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Two questions I want to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. One coming all the way from Bangkok, Thailand. Let's go there right now. Hey, this is Sim in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, yeah, first, I just wanted to say I'm really happy to uh, get to uh, watch the Nuggets in the morning over here. It's a tradition, listen to the podcast on my way into work, sit in the traffic, and then get an opportunity to watch the games in the morning while I'm fresh. And uh, it's wonderful. We're 12 hours difference in time zone. So it's kind of, uh, everything is sort of reversed. Uh, anyway, really enjoy your show. And uh, the, the BSM podcast gives me most of my Nuggets news. So really appreciate it as a foreign, uh, as a foreign fan. I've been a fan of the Nuggets since uh, way back in the Fat Lever and Alex English and Calvin Natt and uh, all of that era. Anyway, I do have a question about this year's team, and uh, I completely agree with what you've been saying about the free agency. I really don't think we should break the bank because I think we've got a hell of a, uh, a team put together. But I, I do think that perhaps a trade would be a better option 
Uh, I know trades make Nuggets fans very uncomfortable because we've built this uh, incredible feel-good kind of family atmosphere, but the free agency market is not very good. And I think if we look at the guys that we can't get, cross them off, the guys left are, are not better than Will Barton. They're not better than possibly a mildly healthy uh, Porter Jr. So uh, I hope we develop. I hope Gary Harris gets healthy. And I think we can be a better team by just developing. But if we do try to make a move, I think it's got to be a trade, uh, probably a starter for a starter. And uh, that that kind of is off-putting. So um, probably we run it back and uh, hope for better health for, for two of the five starters and Jamal Murray to take another step. And if Jamal Murray takes another step, we're going to be amazing. Uh, go Nuggets. Thanks so much for the call, Sim. Here's an interesting trade for you. What about Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, and maybe a pick for Anthony Davis? Jamal Murray, Anthony Davis, and Nikola Jokic. That's a contender in my book. Jokic and Davis would be incredible together. You lose a little depth, but I feel like you could get some veteran free agents to come here if you've got Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic playing side by side and feel like a lot of guys will want to play with Jamal Murray too. I think that's pretty interesting if you're looking at making a trade here uh, to make a big splash this offseason. I might look into that a little further if I'm Denver. Might be a topic I write about on bsndenver.com next week as well. Keep your guys' eyes out for that. I think that's interesting though. What would Anthony Davis look like in Denver next to Nikola Jokic? And of course, a big part of this argument is looking at what Toronto did this season by acquiring Kawhi Leonard without any assurance that he was going to stay there. And most people you talk to still think he's leaving, although I don't think anybody has a great read on what Kawhi Leonard is doing. That would be really the same scenario for Denver if they were to go after Anthony Davis. No assurance that he resigns there. But for one year, you can chase a championship. And really, you have 365 days to sell Anthony Davis on why he should stay in Denver if you trade for him, say, June 30th. So I think it's an interesting proposition for sure. I think it would make Denver a better team probably. I'm not as high on Anthony Davis as some. I think he's a tad overrated. I don't know how much of a winner he is, but man, he's talented. And man, next to Nicole Jokic, those two would be unstoppable. I think it's a fascinating subject to look at. And if you're looking to make a trade, He's that guy you could go after, and he's available, and I think he's gettable if you're Denver. Denver could definitely put together a package that would really rival what other teams could offer. And when you're looking at Denver versus Toronto, it is a little different, though. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were a lot older than, say, Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray are. Toronto had been in the playoffs. They had really run their course in terms of going to battle with LeBron and going through that whole song and dance for a number of years. Nuggets first got their first taste of the playoffs this season. Toronto had really maxed out, it seemed. Denver still has room to grow internally, I think. So the realities of the two situations are a little different, but it would be the one-year sell that Toronto did this year with Kawhi Leonard. Maybe it will work out for them, and if it does and Davis is still on the Pelicans, I think you would see a lot, and I mean a lot of teams that are in Denver's position lining up to try to trade for AD. One more question that I want to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline before we get out of here today. This one comes from our guy, Chris. Let's hear what he's got to say. 
Hey, Chris and Benford. I'd like to take on the uh, the Rockets and the Nuggets. I think those are uh, some pretty fresh uh, observations there. Um, though I, I would have a slight disagreement. I think they're they're both in a similar situation, though the, though the Nuggets do a much, much, much less degree. The Rockets have found out that their core will not work as constructed. There's nothing they could add. There's nothing they can subtract to that core. It's just not going to work. It has hit its ceiling. James Harden, Chris Paul, Quinn Capella aren't going to get it done no matter who you add. Likewise, I, I think the Nuggets roster has accelerated their timeline. The play of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray this season has shown that they are ready to compete now. Um, if, they, if they make an extra shot in that 4 OT game, the Nuggets win in five. That being said... I, I think also you've seen in the playoffs that they need a big wing. Um, as to, you know, success or failure if they don't go ahead and go out and get player X, I think it's a failure if they don't try to get player X. You know, it seems unlikely that Durant or Kawhi will sign in Denver, but I think they got to try. I think they got to make their pitch, and I think it's a success if they get a meeting or if they're, you know, seriously involved in trade talks for a big wing, or if they look at another one in free agency. I, I just don't see this team matching up with some of these teams in the leagues without the bigger wing. That said, on the free agency tip, I don't think it's a coincidence that the two largest media markets in this country somehow have, somehow are connected to all the big free agents. Yet, when you look at the Lakers, they're kind of a roading they're a tire fire. When you look at the Clippers, I can't remember the last big-name free agent that went to the Clippers. I can't remember the last free agent, the last big-name free agent that went to the Knicks, or even the Nets, for that matter. I think you have reporters that are in New York and Los Angeles, and they listen to these teams and say, yeah, 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 hey, 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 they're looking at us, they're looking at us. Um... You saw Paul George, who is from Los Angeles, chooses to live in Oklahoma City, which is terrible. Um, I don't know. I mean, it seems likely that, you know, the, the the Clippers or the Knicks might get someone big, but I don't see this thing that, you know, that, those, that the L.A. and New York teams are the only destination. It just doesn't uh, – it just doesn't fit with the rest of the history of the NBA and seems a little too convenient that – places where all these media outlets are somehow connected to these big name free agents. That's it for me, as always. Appreciate the show. Uh, thanks for taking my calls. Keep the great work. Go Nuggets. Thanks for the call, Chris. Agree with a bunch of your points there. I don't think it's a coincidence either that a lot of these major market teams leak to these reporters that free agents are interested in them. So what I would do if I was around those teams and a lot of those big market teams, the New Yorks of the world, the L.A. Lakers of the world, the L.A. Clippers of the world, those are leak teams. In the NBA, you've got leak teams, you've got non-leak teams. The Nuggets aren't a leak team. They don't leak a lot of stuff. The Knicks, the Lakers, the Clippers, those are big leak teams. So they definitely try to use that stuff to their advantage. But, man, if the Lakers, the Knicks... If all those big markets strike out in free agency, I'll give you a lot of credit. I owe you a beer if they do, because I still think they're going to be getting people this summer. And I think they'll get some big names. I think they'll get a max guy or two. I think one of the LA teams, either the Lakers or Clippers, will get another max guy. I think the Knicks will get a max guy. Maybe the Nets as well. 
I think it might be a little overhyped, like you're saying, the interest, but I think there is some legitimate interest there from this crop of free agents. So if they don't, I'll tip my hat to you and buy you a beer. But I, I think they will be getting somebody, a couple of those big name teams. When it comes to the Nuggets, I agree with you. They've got to try. They've got to try for one of these wings. They've got to try for Clay Thompson if he's taking meetings with teams. They've got to try for Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. They've just got to get in a room with them, just like they tried to get in a room with LeBron James. They weren't able to do that, but they tried, from what I heard. If you get in that room, you never know what can happen. It's still not likely Denver gets that guy to sign, but if they can get a meeting, that's a big deal for Denver, coming from where this organization has come from to potentially get a meeting with a Kevin Durant. If they can get that meeting, if there's a chance, they've got to push hard for it. So I agree with you there. They've got to push for a meeting for one of those guys because that is the biggest deficiency on their roster right now. And while I think they can get better, I think there's still another level, another step this team can take with internal organic growth to get to that championship level, that sustained level of championship play. They're probably going to need that difference maker on the wing, that two-way player who can score, who can generate his own shot, who can lock up other threes and fours at times as well. There's not a whole lot of guys out there that fit that bill, but the best teams have them, you know? So I think there's a substantial amount of room that Denver can grow organically and internally still. They can still climb up a couple more rungs. I think they can win the West with this team they currently have assembled. But to get to that next level... To get to another level beyond that, they're still going to need that guy that we've all been talking about here for the last couple of weeks. Thanks for the questions, guys. As always, I think that's all the time I got on today's show. Hope everybody has a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new show. A lot of great content coming out on BSN Denver next week as well. BSNDenver.com backslash subscribe if you guys aren't signed up. We don't slow down during the offseason either. We'll be back on Monday. Talk to you then. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue.